Welcome, everyone. Happy Friday. Thanks for joining us uh, once again for Tea and Contemplation. So as we go ahead and get ourselves settled, having our hot water heating, any tea and everything else that we're calling into our space this lovely, not quite fall morning, just go ahead and take a moment to catch our breath, catch up with our bodies, catch up with the whole of ourself as we arrive to our space. And so to begin, let's make ourselves nice and settled wherever we're sitting. So really sinking into whatever cushion or chair you're sitting on, the full awareness of yourself in your space. And just awareness of anything else that you are inviting into the space today. So your tea bowl, your tea, maybe houseplant friends, little seasonal treasures that you've been finding outside that show that we're moving through and forward in our year. That could be rocks or here in the Midwest, we've got acorns dropping now. Anything that is just tying your whole world together so that what we're doing is immersing ourselves in this present experience. Different than taking a break to sit down and just drink tea as a separate activity from the rest of our day. Or to drink tea simply as a beverage even. And however you're sitting, taking a moment to just Allow the hands to be relaxed, so they could be maybe resting alongside the empty tea bowl if that feels comfortable, or they could be in your lap. And notice if by default, are your hands folded together, crossed in any way, or are they open and relaxed? See if you can have the hands be as soft as possible today. that our hands are often a mirror of what's going on inside. Just noticing the full weight of the whole of you in your space, your whole presence. Seeing if you can sink into your cushion or your chair just a little bit more. It requires some effort, of course, for us to sit upright. And we tend to hold a lot of effort in this way throughout our day. See if you can consciously just soften a little bit more. Soften at the base of the spine, soften in the hips and the legs. Just trusting that your body's got you. You're not going to topple over if you're not flat as a board at the moment. And the same thing, too, with the arms. Just softening the arms, softening the forearms, the wrists, the elbows, upper arms, the shoulders. 
however much they'll give, even just a little tiny amount. Just soften. And come to awareness of our breathing this morning. Just enjoying the pure simplicity of in-breath and out-breath. You don't have to change it or shape in it, lengthen it, deepen it, do anything to it. Just pay it a little attention. Just notice that we're breathing. And just observing also how your thoughts are today, where the mind is wandering, what sort of mood it's in. And seeing how even here, we have a lot of different places where our attention can be resting. And you can choose where is most comfortable for you. So for example, if drawing attention to your thoughts makes things feel a whole lot busier, bunchy upstairs, that's okay. You don't have to pay attention to that. Or if you're breathing, feels a little bit tight today, a little nervous or just not quite settled, it's okay. You don't have to pay attention to the breath then. Maybe somewhere else in the body is more comfortable. Just take a moment to find somewhere in the whole of you right now. The physical you, the breath, the mental, just find somewhere that feels a little bit more spacious than the rest. And by spacious, we mean a little bit more relaxed. There's less effort, less doing there. Might even describe it as feeling just your natural state. That could be a single muscle in the body. That could be one finger. It doesn't have to be a big area. Let's find somewhere that feels comfortable. And allow your full awareness to just rest there for a moment. When we're ready to move on, we can start to make little movements and shift in the body, move towards practicing with our tea. So perhaps first picking up the tea that we would like to practice with today, creating our tea with two open hands, just taking a moment to appreciate the shape and the texture of the leaves in front of us. Noticing the sounds that they make, how it feels if you take like a little pinch of them and kind of rub them between your fingertips. In some teas you might notice a fuzziness, 
and other teas you might notice almost like a silky feeling. Some are round and some are twisted, some are twig-like. Let's notice what your tea is like. And bringing our tea to the nose. Allowing your in-breath and your out-breath to mingle and interact with the tea. Notice what happens and what comes up for you as you just simply breathe in the tea. And notice if this might also feel different to have awareness of the breath in this way, where it's interacting with something else versus simply sitting in the body and paying attention to the breath. Does it feel any different to notice how you're breathing today when you're doing it with your tea? And when we're doing this, we're really up close to the tea. Like it's basically touching your nose if that's comfortable for you. And the eyes can be closed here, open, whichever feels like it helps you to focus more on the moment. We're teaching ourselves to be with our breath and to be with the tea instead of just taking like a little brief sniff and moving on to the next thing. We're intentionally and consciously choosing a different way to be with our tea. And whenever you're ready, we'll serve ourselves a little tea. Take a little pinch from our leaves here. Something that looks and feels almost like a teaspoon. Maybe like your thumb and first couple fingers, just like a little round pinch, placing it in the bowl, however much it feels like you need today. And as we're going through some of these motions, we can have awareness for what seems like our usual habit energy, especially if we've done this for a while. The way that we're moving way we anticipate what the next step is. And part of this practice is to perhaps not anticipate that next step, to really be present, be just with the tea as it is, but the mind is also going to be what the mind is going to be. And so we can watch this dance that goes back and forth, where we can dip into the actual present of the activity that we're doing. And at the same time, we're also aware of the familiarity, the habit of it. You can make any movements that you need to get the hot water. So maybe going to another room, or maybe it's just simply right here on the table with you. Taking your time. Once you do have your hot water, coming back to 
sit on your chair, sit on your cushion, just give yourself a little moment of pause, shifting from movement in one area, coming back to your center, back to your grounding point. Or slowly adding water over the leaves. And here too, notice if there's a particular way that you like to add the water that is just the pattern that you happen to make almost every time when you come to sit down. If you tend to make no pattern with your water, maybe no spirals or zigzags or anything, that's also a pattern actually, that you're different each time. Just notice that. Setting your kettle aside, allowing the hands to once again rest in the lap. Taking a comfortable, upright posture with the spine. Noticing the way that we can hold our neck so that our head is neither tilted all the way forward or all the way back, but just balanced and poised. Inviting the shoulders to soften. And a part of this practice, this repetition of doing things in a similar way, it's not the exact same time each time. It is a little bit different, just as we're different every day. But consider that part of the reason why we do this in a certain order, in a certain way, once we find something that feels really good for the body, feels good for the emotions and the mind, we can think of this like planting seeds. Each time we come and sit, planting a little seed. Each time we have that moment of connection where we're not just kind of touching the leaves and smelling them absentmindedly, but we're really seeing them, we're really feeling them even if it's just a brief moment where we're very aware of what we're doing and another little seed is planted. When your eye catches the sparkle of the stream of the water, just like a brief moment, there's this fascination with seeing how it glitters and how it twists and turns. It's another seed. We can ask ourselves, what are all these seeds for? Our topic of today's contemplation, it's what we harvest. If it feels comfortable to do so, we can pick up our bowl for a moment and bring the tea to our nose. 
we can breathe in the wonderful of the aroma. See as it's steeping and slowly unfurling. And consider here too that if this is a familiar tea for you, something that you enjoy regularly, just notice that moment of recognition, that moment of contact between the senses and the memory. So that's activating a little seed that's there. It's a tiny little moment of harvesting. Digging deep into your memory, what this particular tea is like, connecting that with the present. If it feels comfortable, go ahead and take a sip of your tea. Here to this intentionality of slowing down, of noticing not only the tea, but noticing the sense memory of it. How we recognize this tea. And how we recognize how it feels in the body. Be a familiarity for what it feels like in your body to come and sit with this particular tea. And take another sip anytime you're ready. And like slowly watering a thirsty houseplant. And just notice what this particular tea feels like as each little sip makes its way in. And just move on your own time, taking a sip of tea whenever you feel called to. And then pausing after each one. When it comes to creating a practice for ourselves that really serves us in the dynamic nature of our world and our life, each day is a mix of things that are new and different and also routine. And we're building a practice that helps to serve living in this way. It's good to pay attention to what are we actually planting seeds for and what are we harvesting? We turn to tea because we have an idea of how we'll feel after we sit with it. We have an idea of how we'll feel in the body and in the mind. As you sip your tea and take in a little bit more, you develop a relationship and an understanding of this particular tea. And something about having that relationship feels good. If you practice with tea for many years, you start to have a very deep understanding relationship with a lot of teas, and thus a relationship with yourself. You plus tea. And 
And so when we need it most, we can draw upon those stores of what we've harvested over the years. Even in just this one area, just with our tea. And we can consider perhaps maybe that model of being with something, practicing with something, can serve as a as a kind of template for how we create these systems of planting and nourishing something, enjoying the benefits of it later, relying even on the benefits of it later in other areas of our life. And as we'll explore in our contemplation, we can also see perhaps how this same way of operating can be a way that we might also be planting seeds for things that are not so great for us. Spending time in areas that aren't really serving us and that that ends up being what we harvest. We can choose how we do that. Whatever you're doing right now is what you are practicing to get better at. You take in your tea, noticing the texture and the weight of it, how it feels as you fill up with tea, perhaps becoming more aware of a point in the body that is still and grounded and centered. Noticing what happens with the pattern of your thoughts, if they speed up or slow down, if they smooth out, if they expand, allowing yourself to ask, what am I practicing getting better at today?
as Suze uh, predicted, I would like to talk about the bad seeds. <laughs> and, you know, this harvesting metaphor is helpful in a lot of ways because, you know, as anyone who has ever tried to plant things knows, things grow that are not the things that you planted. Um, we use this word weeds, you know, to refer to just, just plants that are living their lives, but that are not, that are not within the, um, not within the, the space of intention of, of the gardener is a weed. And I think that the metaphor holds um, to talk a little bit about surface and, and depth here where the, the mind is the soil and It has often been my experience that the, the consciously planted seeds, what I might call the good seeds, right, um, are surface. And the, uh, the stuff that I'm not expecting, uh, or perhaps the stuff that I actively would prefer not come through the space of my heart mind, uh, suggests that there's a deeper, there are deeper root structures. Um, or perhaps just things I'm not paying attention to, you know, perhaps the, the plants have come um, through surface activities that are not my conscious tending, you know, seeds blow around. Um, animals uh, release seeds in various ways. So I guess the hard part about being a gardener in, in the sense of being a person who uh, recognizes the soil of the mind and the potential of the soil of the mind and intends to grow and to cultivate in a certain way. The hard part of that is uh, that there are a lot of processes in the soil that are not really um, within our conscious control. And, you know, these contemplative practices point to ways of working with those primarily through expanding the scope of the conscious mind. Uh, one of my yoga teachers, Jim Bennett, likes to share this, um, this young quote quote by, by Carl Jung, um, I'm not going to get it right, but it's something along the lines of uh, when, we, when we fail to make 
the unconscious mind conscious, we call it fate. And so we have this feeling that uh, as we expand our perception in our practices, whatever they might be, you know, it doesn't have to be, um, my practice doesn't need to be your practice, but some kind of vehicle for expressing this intention to transform, right? that being our practice, whatever, whatever that might be. when that vehicle starts to become effective, then um, we start to see things, maybe get our hands in the soil in ways that uh, we just couldn't before. Um, maybe we learn that certain plants are really helpful at um, mitigating the propagation of particular weeds. Uh, that, you know, plants have these incredible interrelationships and some are friends and some aren't. One of the things that frustrates me often in spaces of spiritual inquiry is that things will often feel either um, very surface in the sense of like mm, let me try to restate that I think that things will often feel either very abstract um, we'll talk about awareness for example <clears throat> or they, uh, the examples given of like where the rubber meets the road are really, um, there's not a lot at stake, right? It's like, we, we like to talk about small, insignificant, gentle things. Um, and I think that's, I think that that is because we imagine that, it, that moving into the difficulty of, of our lived experience will somehow be triggering, um, for those listening, or, you know, I think there's just a lot of, mm, <laughs> I'm resisting the urge to say there's a lot of bad philosophy because um, I just happen to like mine, <laughs> uh, but, but there's, a, there's a lot of, um, we throw around a lot of models for um, the mind and reality. In, in this yoga and spiritual world, right? We, we draw from ancient texts and, and we, we build models and we often talk about um, the validity of these models based on resonance, you know, that they feel true. Um, and I think that there's a lot of beauty in approaching life with resonance and I certainly do a lot. But there is also something about the way that these spaces can um, maybe make us a little bit 
uh, less resilient um, be, because our emphasis is so focused on um, well that which is obviously a good seed. You know, I think I, w I don't remember the age that I was, but I, I remember the point at which I realized that a weed is actually just an, a plant that we don't want to be there. Like that's the definition of a weed. And I think when I was, when I was younger, I thought that like weeds were bad plants, you know, for some reason, you know, oh, it's like a bad thing, that dandelion, it's going to ruin something or, um, and I know that this is a complex subject. There are things that need to be weeded for various reasons and whatnot. But um, the, the idea that there are things within our mind uh, that are bad seeds um, doesn't hold water in tantric philosophy. Um, because all of these seeds are nourished by the sun and the same nutrients um, in the mind, all patterns or all perhaps seeds that have in some way um, begun to take root, things that appear in the mind, things that show up within us, all of those are animated by the same energy of consciousness. And the seeds that we avoid because they produce pain, um, they, they produce emotions that maybe we don't want to sit with, they produce flavors of experience that don't reinforce our self-image in ways that we need our self-image to in this kind of exhausting process of having an ego, you know. <clears throat> the, the very things about those seeds that produce that kind of internal struggle for us, like those are the seeds of transformation. And it really is that simple. So we can't become good gardeners of the mind only by planting good seeds. Although we really need to plant good seeds. I think that we also need to really be present with the way in which the weeds are, are flourishing. And to put my money where my mouth is, I'll, I'll give you an example from my own recent experience. That is not just about like me wanting a cookie and not getting it or like, I feel like those are the, just like the common examples people use when they want to talk about philosophy. Uh, you know, I, I wanted a muffin, but there were no muffins left. Um, so I am going through a, a pretty profound 
uh, shift in my own personal life and separating from a partner. Um, and it is, it is all the things, you know, it is, it is all of the emotions, quite literally. I have them all about it. Um, and last night I was uh, in dialogue with one of my dear friends and I found myself um, trying to help her. <laughs> <laughs> like, like uh, in this really unsolicited, I think I think is the important part, in an unsolicited way, you know, um, just showing up with thoughts and, and advice about how to fix uh, a situation that we often talk about. And um, at this point, I've seen that weed enough that there is part of my mind that's like, oh, there it is. But there's still not enough of my, <laughs> enough of the gardener's attention to like, to switch gears. So this is, I think this realization is sort of dawning on me after, after the experience that, you know, what is going on for me, for me, and this is not a general thing, this is for me. What is going on for me in, in that moment is that I'm avoiding feeling something. And at the same time, I know, it's like I can sense that that emotion is coming. And, and somehow what I do is I, I redirect to another person's, you know, situation. And I apply this kind of like, frenetic housekeeper energy to their situation. And that is, that is a seed that I was given by my mother. And it's very clear to me that we both, we both have that weed, you know? And so how do I, how do I, you know, remove that seed or, you know, I think at, I think at this point, maybe I can just drop, the metaphor and <laughs> just talk about the thing directly. But, you know, what do I do about that? You know, is there a mantra? Is there a mantra that's going to clear that pattern? Probably not. Will mantra practice help my mind? Absolutely. So, you know, what the work of like changing a deep pa a pattern that is barely conscious and and you know that repeats in this in this seasonal way um, what that work is is art and I and I use the word art in the sense that uh, you can't teach somebody to be an artist <laughs> 